Welcome to OWC Radio. You know, I was thinking today, how many of you have awkward family gatherings during the holidays? Well, maybe today's conversation will give you some hope. Claire Cooley is an artist, author, and creativity coach. Her published work includes The Book of Cranes and her 2021 memoir, Incandescence Rising Above Darkness. We will be speaking about this on today's OWC Radio. Bodie Werner is an author and indie filmmaker who just launched his sci-fi thriller, Northport 1999, a novel exclusively available on Patreon. Together, they are the co-founders of Mother Son Productions, based out of Duluth, Minnesota. And they get along. This could possibly be some lessons for all of us. So thank you to Otherworld Computing for sponsoring my show. It's very much appreciated. If you have a gift list with outstanding items for the holidays, I encourage you to go to owcdigital.com. Stay tuned for a creative interview where we talk about turning adversity and heartache into positivity, the making of an ebook, fine art, and comic book art. I had fun, and I think you will as well. It's time for OWC Radio. Tech Talk with Creatives. Conversations with host Serena Catania. Claire Cooley and Bodie Werner, I am so happy that you are here with us. We have a lot to talk about. And um, I actually had spoken with you a while back and decided that mm, we need to start fresh because so much wonderful news has happened for the two of you since we talked last. So I just want to say hi and welcome to OWC Radio. Thank you so much for having us. What a delight and honor. So happy to be here. And you are currently still, you're still in Duluth. We're doing this from Duluth and I'm in San Diego. And through the wonders of technology, we are literally two inches apart on the screen. I love it. How lovely is that? (laughs) What a great place to be. Yeah, it is. Well, you are two of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Tell oh. tell our audience a little bit about Mother Son Productions and how it got started and why you started it. Yeah, well, I started Mother Son Productions and um, I asked my mother to uh, join forces with me, so to speak, because um, I grew up collaborating with her and creating all sorts of things. And I thought that it was perfect to continue doing that. And so that's where Mother Son Productions LLC came from. Awesome. And when was that? He named it. I did. I did. I did. I love it. All his idea. And Um, uh, we started it in to my uh, delight. 2015. Tell us about some of the projects that you've been involved with. I know when I met you, over at PBS in Duluth, you, <laughs> I was so impressed, everybody, I have to tell you the story, I was so impressed with, with Bodie. First of all, Bodie and Claire together are a dynamic duo. They really are full of positive energy, creative energy, willing to do anything. And I was teaching this master class and I asked the room, now, would anybody like to help us shoot some behind the scenes? And everybody got all shy and Bodie, Bodie went, I'll do it. I'll do it. And next thing you know, we hand him a camera and he's running all over and shooting. 
And that was my introduction to you. And the reason, too, I bring this up is you've been very successful in the past, but you have also had a lot happen since then. And I think a lot of it is because the attitude the two of you have to be so positive and all, always say yes. I think that's good advice for other people in the business. You know, take a chance, put your hand up, go try something new. And that's how you form relationships. So tell, tell our audience about some of the projects that you guys have going. Um, well, first, I want to make a comment about the say yes. Uh, if we learn from everything we do, nothing is ever a failure. So mm-hmm. go for it and try it. And um, that is my attitude. And I'm very, very pleased that uh, my my son also has that attitude and we get to have such fun creating and learning and keep expanding. Um, so I'm going to let him tell you, cause he's, he's better at this part. The, uh, what we've well, she's a prolific creator and I've, I've learned how to help her build it into stuff and, and get it out to the world. And so that's, you know, the Genesis of mother son productions is, you know, my desire to, uh, help share the story and, and and see it get out there. So what in the last year, um, she finished writing her memoir and we uh, it, the production company evolved into a publishing company as well. There you go. And for those of you who can't see it, I'm holding up my copy. I bought this immediately because I knew it was going to be good. And I've got it all. See all those earmarks? <laughs> I've got, I've got markers in it and pages are, what do you call it? When you turn the corner of the page, yeah, it's all dog-eared. It's, it's adorable, but it's well-read. It's a wonderful book. So we are going to talk in detail about that too, but Bodhi, keep going with some of the overview here. Yeah. Well, broad strokes. So um, then there's also, we, we do fine art. Um, Like, we print museum quality fine art prints of her art um, right here in the home studio. The, her story is so impactful to me. I decided I want to adapt this into an episodic series pitch and uh, recently learned that it was selected for Catalyst. And so we are bringing Life of Claire, which is the name of my episodic series um, based on her life story. And I actually got that title suggested to me by Pamela Cedarquist, who's a writer I got the privilege of working with, who uh, worked for Netflix's Mindhunter. And I met her at Catalyst. And so lo and behold, I got to work with her. She helped me make the pitch better. And we're going to be there next year at Catalyst with Life of Claire. And that's awesome. Yeah. So it's kind of just like, Telling stories in multiple different formats. Yes, and and Mr. Modest Bodhi doesn't even say that in order for my stories and 68 pieces of my art and 40 photographs of different sorts of art I do to go out to the world, he learned how to make an ebook. He learned how to make a publish the print version. We made an audio recording booth, and next year the audio book will come out. So he learns whatever he needs to to bring our content and help other people, you know, get their content out to the world. And um, that's just amazes me. I'm I'm not 
the technical one like you beautiful people. I'm the hands-on everything, just make it. And uh, so together we get to share this content with the world and the art. He learned how to make these fine art prints. I get to make the art and he makes the prints and and then he makes the web, the web store to put it on, which, uh, you know, I designed a website years ago when he was a little guy in a dream, but I had to hire someone else to make it and it never worked as a store, as a shop. So right. he made the website. ClaireCooley.com forward slash shop. Uh, please go. I'm now an official collector of your art. Um, you just so started. I've, I have several pieces, a couple of which are going to be Christmas presents for my daughters. They don't know that yet. So don't. Oh, what an honor. What an honor. And <laughs> oh, they're beautiful. better as an artist to have a little bit of the happiness, the joy that you get from, for me, it's natural beauty, nature, and, and, yeah getting replenished by nature. Uh, there's nothing better than knowing a little piece of that is going to a loved one who is sharing it with their loved one. It, it's it's what us artists live for. That's that's the stuff. We have a lot to talk about today. We have your book of cranes. We have incandescence. We have um, Northport 1999, which we're going to get into too. And um, we have all of your art. So why don't we back up just a little bit and Claire, talk to us. And this is a difficult subject, but you deal with it in your book. So I feel okay asking you about it. You had a really difficult childhood, but here you are as positive as anyone I've ever met. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and how you were able to bring that into your book incandescence because that must have been a difficult journey for you well there definitely have been difficult times in the process um i started telling my truth about my life at 25 the dam broke and i started sharing my truth my real stories and i got such positive response that it helped people that I thought, well, this is something I can do to turn the difficulty around to giving it a higher purpose. And then um, I realized that not sharing it with as wide a range of people as possible would be selfish. So I wrote the stories in order to help others. I wrote them originally to heal myself and I'm sharing them with the world. And my son helped me put them in a con published context that I could do that to help others. And there, that's the best stuff there is, is to turn my um, challenging childhood, which I must say I didn't realize was challenging at the time. It was just mine. And it didn't even occur to me that it was difficult or until I started sharing the stories and got the feedback. But I came from one of those um, alcoholic dysfunctional families where no one noticed I stopped attending school regularly at seven. It was there was so much chaos. My mother was an angelic person and a, a fine art trained 
but had severe asthma and an alcoholic husband and four kids. And so she could never do her art. Um, that's part of my commitment to do my art is it. I might start crying here because I'm talking about my mother, and but there are tears of joy that I get to share her with the world. And she, you know, was as angelic as some of the aspects of my childhood were demonic. And um, so I got to see it all. And that's actually a gift, the full range of humanity, the wounded people who take their wounds out on others, and the enlightened people that know how to love no matter what. I got to see it all, and I got to choose who to be like. And I will never be my mother. No one can be as perfect as she was. Always kind, always forgiving. But I get to try. And I feel good that I get to try. I'm also spunky like my wounded father. So, you know, I use that spunk. I call myself kick-ass kindness. <laughs> I like that. So, I like that. That's all great. the difficulty gets to be fuel for art. And yeah. it is my belief that in when we're when we're challenged, our reservoir is deepened. And we get to put joy in that deep space that the difficulties carved, like like the Grand Canyon of human sorrow. So I I never feel bad about all that I went through. And when people feel bad for me, <laughs> hearing about, um, you know, being raped and becoming a mother at 16 from being set up for being raped, you know, by my own father and him in the room, that's horrible. It is. But that son that was birthed is a gift. And so we get to turn our adversity to advantage. And we get to help others with it. So I don't feel bad for myself that I went through those things. I do feel grateful I went through them. And everything in the book are things I've healed or I wouldn't have shared it with the world. If I'm still working on it, I'm going to keep it among my, you know, teeny little sacred circle. But we get to heal. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, the book is called Incandescence, Rising Above Darkness, which I think is a very fitting title. It's so, you're describing some of the most difficult situations I've ever heard for a little girl to go through, but it's done in such a positive, lyrical, spiritual way that it really does rise above what was actually happening to you. And I think in that way, it can be very inspirational to people who are having a hard time, no matter what the hard time is. And I'm really highly recommending it. Every chapter is different. Every chapter takes you through your life. And, and Bodhi, you organized, I'm sure you organized all the art. How many pieces of art are in this book? There's 68, 68 pieces 68. of art, mm -hmm. one between each chapter and it's in full color. Uh, and there's also uh, about 40 images at the end. We have like a photo journal of her life and art at the end. So it was a very ambitious first no book to, to publish and to make it full color. But 
as you can see, the art is so integral to the life story and there it's all connected how she rose above through art and how rising above made her art better and more powerful. And so it really is just a big part of the story. You know, it's sometimes it's easy to say, oh, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to forget about it. Was writing the book difficult for you? Um, There were, yes, there were really difficult times because you can't uh, really write about something real and try to be as honest as you can be and inclusive of the reality of it without feeling it again. So yes, there was some tough stuff. But once I did a reading at this master's degree autobiography class, and this young lady said to me, how can you read that and not cry? And I said, well, I've healed that. And I don't want to run my makeup. (laughs) (laughs) So we can get through it. And telling our stories, sharing them with a sacred witness um, and telling the whole thing to yourself and sharing it possibly when and if it's safe is healing. And so part of the point of the book was to share that we can heal from some really tough stuff. And, and I have, and I wanted people to know that whatever they're going through, whatever they maybe haven't healed or someone they know, they can get through it and they can be better for it, not ju- not have to even regret it. And mm. I put the art in pretty randomly. I wanted a piece between each story. So there was a moment of natural beauty, creative meditation where there was no nothing difficult and that's where i went to survive all of it is out to nature so that was extremely important to me to put a piece of art in between each story no literal connection just a moment to take a deep breath and let it all go before moving on to the next story and I had big publishing companies say, you know, your stories stand on their own and your art should be a coffee table book, but they don't go together. And I was so certain spiritually that I wanted them to go together as an example of there's a safe place, no matter how tough life is, there's a safe place and creativity and nature are that for me. And it can be that for other people or they can find their safe place. I was so committed to that. We just published it ourselves. Yeah. So did the two of you talk about the book and was Bodhi, how did you feel about your mom writing this book? Cause this is very personal stuff. Yeah. Well, um, it felt like the culmination of uh, work that she'd been establishing my whole life. So <laughs> it wasn't a surprise. Um, you know, she's always been a master storyteller naturally. And as you can tell, her personal experience is um, how she relates to the world and sharing her story is often how she helps others through issues or advises others, you know, um, whether it's in her personal life or in her career comes very naturally to her. And so we knew it was the book was going to be published one day. 
Um, but yeah, there was a lot of talk about how to, you know, format it and um, the progression of should it be an audio book first and then a, a, a paperback and, you know, just a lot of the techno, technological minutiae I, I helped her work through. I think a lot of people are self-publishing, but a lot of the books that are self-published don't look this beautiful. Well, did you go through, how did you, how did you do this, Bodie? Tell us a little bit about the behind the scenes of the book. Sure. Yeah. So it's, you know, like you're saying, it's full color and um, we des- I designed the whole cover back front. All the art is done by her, uh, including the front cover. Um, so the idea was maximum flexibility. Uh, minimum overhead, because when we first started talking about publishing our book in earnest uh, a few years ago, you know, the the conventional route is a lot of money to publish a thousand books. And if you have one typo, you learn that after you've published a thousand books, you know, and that can, you can be like 25 grand into your publishing process. And then considering, do I make a new edition for one typo? But no, we live in the future. I mean, come on, take advantage of the technology we got nowadays. So make an ebook first. That that we, the plan we eventually settled on was publish the ebook first. Um, you can edit it all the time. You can make it better. You can fix it. Then use a print-on-demand service. Um, we went through Ingram Spark and through Amazon KDP. It gave us the most options in quality and uh, speedy delivery. So we have a a black and white version. We got a color version. We got an ebook version. They all have the art and the photos in them. Um, so basically, we just decided we wanted the most flexibility and most creative control. And yeah, yeah. Bodhi suggested the cover uh, piece of art. Um, I'm like everyone. You know, it's hard to have objectivity on yourself. Yes. It really so, is. I would not have even thought of that piece of art, but I think it's a perfect um, cover now that I, you know, step back. The The title was my mother uh, writing me a note saying, you know, did you know you have inner incandescence, dear? And that a friend suggested the title to me from my mother's notes. So I try to listen to pe- especially people like, admire, trust, respect, and um, use, you know, they're great ideas. And uh, and the whole idea is, is to share it with as many and help as many. So he's my accessibility coach because I had a very different upbringing. Um, pretty much, you know, I didn't have a conversation Uh, with a contemporary until I was 14 years old. I didn't read a book till I was 21. So, you know, she, she stopped participating in school at seven years old. So, you know, I never watched TV. I never saw a movie. I never read a book or a comic book. So, you know, uh, one would expect that I have kind of my own way of seeing things. And uh, so I know I'm, different. Some people have said, awed. (laughs) Some people people flatter me and say unique, but so he's my accessibility coach. I I know I need help. I know where I need help and I want to help other people. So I, you know, need help to reach other people. 
And um, you had a book prior to this one, uh, the book of cranes, which was an art book. I haven't actually seen that one in person. I'm assuming it's absolutely beautiful. Is that still for sale as well? Um, it, uh, you, people can get it through me. I've had to buy my own book off of the internet because, <laughs> uh, you know, that was a hard lesson in what can happen in publishing. Um, my, the, the first publisher I showed the 15 species of cranes paintings to um, said, you should write this because you love cranes, you know, cranes. And I did, and I designed the book and I did the art. And then he remaindered it, um, I think, I don't know, tax write-off or something. So I have to buy it off the internet, but I have done that. And so people can get it through me. They can find it on the internet, but it was a bizarre. It was a piece of art, you know, it's an accordion book. So it actually folds out to like a mantelpiece. That's oh, like I didn't know that. Seven wow. feet. And it's printed on both sides. So it's kind of a marketing nightmare. And they didn't they didn't market it properly anyway. So you learn as you go. And I thought, you know what, well, we're publishing this ourselves and we'll, you know, take so it. So the incandescence book is available where? Through Amazon? Uh, it's available at, uh, at all major bookstores and you can get it. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Powell's. Bodie, uh, you rock. See, I didn't even know that, you know. Ah, shucks. You yeah. do, you rock. Yeah, if you so want to go I'm support a... your local bookstore, just go in there and ask for it and they'll, they'll order it for you. Yeah. That's awesome. um, yes. And so is the ebook, technically, because we mm. the ebook is also on Kobo. So if you're really into eBooks and you also really want to go to your local bookstore. Yeah. So you can get it through your local or through the big guys. A um, different world, isn't it? A different world. It is. And it, that gives me great hope in yeah. the world that, that human beings um, can, can share their work and people can get their work without... Um, you know, huge investments of money and huge contracts and uh, such. It, it gives me great hope that yeah. that people um, can, you know, help each other yeah. in the world. Bodie, did you find KDP hard to maneuver? I, I edited a, a book for a client that was like 500 and some pages and that KDP version I'm new to all of that side of things too, the physical, physical manifestation of the written word through Amazon. Do you hear the yeah. angels' bells in the background? Yeah, it was it was tough. It was a pain formatting yeah. it. And yeah, well, I got lucky in my choice of formatting software. Well, there was some error along the way. I tried. So by the way, KDP has kind of changed to a new, they used to have like create space. Anyways, I started this um, in 2020. So the way that I formatted the book is kind of unique. I used pages. Um, I designed and formatted the book right in Apple Pages. Uh, most people either use Word or some people use the built-in software on KDP. And that those both of those can be a nightmare. Um, and I, I found everything I needed with Pages and everything else seemed like a bucket of worms, especially Adobe. But pages. Well, 
they weren't allowing pages when I was doing this book. The only thing you could use was Word, and that was tough. You know, when you're trying to deal with images formatted into a Word document for an ebook, those know. of you listening who have tried it are probably reaching for the Alka Seltzer right now. Yeah, yeah it, it's pretty tough, but that's good news, actually. So you can program it on pages. Yes, and they made it even easier in the last couple months. And uh, I mean, uh, there was a, t a while there where every change I made, I had to like send it to our tablet to look at what it's going to look like as right. an ebook. So, you know, it's a lot of time with my butt in the seat. Yeah. Um, don't, you know, know that going in if you're going to format a book, yeah. but it's getting easier and easier. So, and then invest it. in a desk you can stand yeah. at. He's got, I got, an up desk. I got him one of these hub desks, and we do a, we do a timer every 20 minutes. Stop, look out the window, stretch. Just stretching. Just yeah, do a Hayao Miyazaki yoga. <laughs> yeah, my watch tells me, breathe. Wait a minute, am I not breathing? <laughs> but Bodhi, in the middle of all of this, and your mom's got her book and you're publishing it, you're also working on a pretty amazing project of your own. Tell us about Northport 1999. What is it? Yeah, um, well, it is my book, which I finished writing on uh, solstice, summer solstice. And right now it's almost all the way done with being proofread. And it's a sci-fi horror crossed with a spy thriller. And uh, right now it's being put up in segments on Patreon along with art. And I'm extremely proud to say that one of my founding members is the amazing Serena Catania. <laughs> yeah. And so expect on your doorstep some uh, Northport swag as well. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. I'm working with the amazing professional illustrator animator Gus Trout. These are two of his images. And it's so it's going to have amazing illustrations in it, which blows my mind. Um, it's been an absolutely lovely project. We couldn't have more different tastes uh it, or we couldn't have more i was gonna like, say they're two sides of the coin right <laughs> completely different and so we, tell people go ahead yeah. i was gonna say and we worked on both our projects simultaneously so i we could get a break from the real life and go into the the fictional life and we would we do what we call walk and talks every day. We take a walk in nature and we we talk about on the uphill he gets to talk and on the downhill I talk. <laughs> so he gets to share his. I help him with his story and um, he helps me with mine and uh, perfect balancing. Yeah, and keeps so, you fresh. Yeah. And you get you you get perspective on your own project when you help somebody else with theirs. And Absolutely. so it works well together. And he's too modest to say that he's also developing a board game, a video game and a pitch yeah. for his novel all at the same time. So we get to talk about all those things. So we're we're never without inspiration and work. And if, if you get tired of one thing, you talk about the other. Awesome. So Mother Nature is... Um overseeing your creative discussions up uphill downhill <laughs> uphill yeah. downhill that's right no that's you know in the time of covid we were we were talking earlier um 
about how you're being very careful. So you've basically been pretty much locked down into what do you call her again? The green lady? No, what, do you, what the is emerald the, lady. the emerald lady? Yes. So you've been pretty much locked down in the emerald lady all during yes. COVID, but you take those long walks in the country. So every oh, yeah. day we get out for yeah. a long one. So we don't ever feel, you know, the cabin fever locked in. And I've always been a friendly recluse. I'm a contemplative by nature. I love people, but I have a tremendous capacity for solitude and focus on my work. And so does Bodhi. His his second phrase as a little tiny person was, I'm working. (laughs) Was it really? Yeah. His first one was, I see it. Oh. Mm. So he's, he's, yeah, we both have the, you know, the and you know we love people and we love socializing and we miss hugging people and all that but i feel like we're connecting right now i feel like i'm with you and yes. that's one of the beautiful yeah. things about if there had to be a pandemic you know i'm so grateful that we're going through it at a time where we can connect and stay safe and yeah so it's something you know we can turn to the good by getting this content done and sharing it with the world and also not spreading it, being cautious so that we're not part of the problem. And not everyone can do that with their life. Um, So, you know, bless them. If, if they have to get out there, be cautious, please. And um, I don't judge anyone else for the way they're handling it, but we get to be careful and keep going. So we're, we're fortunate. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about, well, tell our audience a little bit more about the plot, if you can, of Northport, if you want to. If you want to tell us a little bit more about what's going on in Northport. Yes, Northport. Northport. um, So Northport is a fictional reimagining of Duluth. And it is set in 1999 spoilers (laughs) (laughs) um it's uh a a group of small town friends find their friend um their shared friend uh dead after being a and they try to figure out what happened and that leads them down this road of intrigue where they have to face off with monsters cyborgs mad scientists and it's it's all grounded in a world of speculative sci-fi and genetics and science experiments gone wrong and um it channels my love for that kind of spooky sci-fi storytelling and it also speaks to what i love about this town and the the community and sort of the the small town spirit and working together and yeah so you know what some of the things you're going to be getting in the mail there's some uh some spooky cyborg monsters and and um some fun characters and you know even though our tastes uh, can be very different um i'm totally intrigued by your story because it's so multifaceted and i i love alliteration so it's hometown heroes (laughs) up against some of the most powerful predators on the planet. I like to distill things into goofy little 
sayings, but it's so multifaceted and it's so plausible um, that I find it intriguing. And I even with um, my different sort of taste, I I would find that his book uh, very enjoyable and I have no trouble helping him with it. It's it's inspirational as well. So both of your works are very visual. They're very visual. You know, a lot of times you'll get somebody will say, can you read my script? And it's all dialogue and no visual, no action. And as a director, I'm reading that and I'm going, how would I, how would I stage that? I mean, it's just two people sitting in a room talking. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's for audio, but I really see, I wish you the best of luck with the potential series for life of Claire and also Northport. I mean, I think Northport's very visual too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It started as a, just a, I really wanted to make a short film. It really just started as like a monster creature idea mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. And I drew this creature that, and I had this thought of a creature that paralyzes you and eats you while you're awake and you can't do anything. And it was this terrifying That's a pleasant creature. thought. <laughs> <Isn't> <laughs> you, know, <it> right? <laughs> you know, hey, pleasant one one person's horrors, one person's there pleasant. you go. No, listen. It's yeah. a whole genre. <laughs> yeah. And then and then she basically when when COVID happened and we got really introspective and I started telling her about this idea, she asked me these really good questions like to to draw out the backstory. And why does this exist? How does it exist? And through her help, she didn't, she doesn't even know how naturally her creativity coaching comes. She helped me figure out this whole layered story that has uh, speculative sci-fi. So there's no magic, there's no portals. It's got all this explanation. And now it's got like many character clusters, just like all my favorite shows. And so who to thunk just these good questions help me take this little kernel of an idea and turn it into a world that's now a book and the next ones are coming and a board awesome. game prototype and yeah i i love not only of course expressing my own creativity but helping other people get the confidence to uh you know express theirs because it's such a it's it's such a joyous and healing place, no matter what their style or, or, you know, propensity for whatever type of creativity, the process is healing and then viewing it is healing for the viewer. So I love helping other people get to theirs. I think in this day and age, we don't spend enough time indulging in our creativity. I think it's important for anyone to do that. Like you're saying, you know, you know, we picked Duluth partly, it was the top of my list because in my 20s here, they paid me to teach my own curriculum, which is was a multimedia dancing into the arts. I taught every grade level and in mental hospitals and drug rehab with no credentials, no, you know, I, I just followed my own instincts and and got all this work and, and kind of invented a career. Um based on my own following my instincts what heals me that i can help other people you know, enhance their own lives and um 
he's been helping me with creativity retreats. And since we've been here, we've been hired by the courts to work with mental mm -hmm. health court and drug, drug re rehabilitation court. We taught at UMD for University of Seniors and at the Women's Club. And I've done individuals. And then I help people. I said I like alliteration. So I help people find what they're passionate, figure out a way to fit it into their life, focus on something till they finish it and feel <laughs> fulfilled. So, and he uh, helps them build, a, I help them figure out what they're passionate about and finish something. And he helps them build a website to turn it into a business. So yeah. this is something we've been doing together since we've been here. So creativity, everybody has it. Everybody can use it as a resource to heal and enhance their life and to help the planet come back into balance. Absolutely. So I like to say, you know, create more and conserve and instead of just consume. Yes, and, absolutely. You know, this COVID, we haven't been in a, neither one of us have been in a store since COVID started. Uh, there's a oh. shopping service that drops groceries at the door once a week. That's it. We don't need anything we look around us what can we create with and and uh we make stuff and <laughs> yeah we're very fortunate we set up our lives that way and you know we've uh we've valued cloistering ourselves away to do creative things uh yeah. long since before you know we all got in lockdown but we were fortunate to be sort of primed and ready and our books both of us having books now is a is a result of that. And so we were very fortunate to be able to. That's right. And people do, have do always donated things to me because like Claire will find a use for this. So I, I have an okay. enormous amount of stuff, you know, a lot of people <laughs> don't. And I'm organized is, is one of my policies in life. So I can find it when I need it. It's put away in a logical place. So, um, so, so we're dandy and, uh, you know, uh, that's not everybody's situation. So we've been very fortunate to have what we need to keep going through this. So yeah. what advice would each of you give to people who are feeling a little bit down because of the world the way it is right now? What would you tell them? It's never too late to have a happy childhood and, mm -hmm. and play more. Find some joy in... We play Parcheesi now. I've never played a game in my life because I'm a busy girl. And, but now we play Parcheesi because you have to have some goof off time. Yeah. And creativity is joyous. So it's not about what anybody else thinks about it. Mm -hmm. And if they're not nice and supportive, don't even show it to them. Yeah. Don't even bother. Just enjoy creating yeah with whatever you have look around you and see what you have to work with and challenge yourself to use what you have to create something and it will expand you because what you know what am i going to buy to do this or that isn't really as creative as look around you and use what you already have 
So that's my advice. Use what you've got and have some fun. Don't let anybody judge it. I'm all for having fun. And honestly, I very rarely ask for other people's opinions about something. Everybody always says, well, oh, you're getting ready to do this. You should watch that movie or that movie or that movie. And I don't want to. I don't want to, I don't want to see somebody else's work as it may or may not apply to what I'm about to create. I want a clean canvas. That's right. So to speak, you know, that's right. I, I want to let those ideas flow from a much higher place and then come through me onto the screen. Absolutely. Um, and there's nothing more magical. I was talking to a friend of mine actually yesterday. There's nothing more magical when you're writing a script, for example, and starting with that blank page. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, there it is, and it's alive and it's breathing and it's entertaining. And, and it came from what you could say came from nothing, but really it came from everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. right. And on the tech side, Bodie, (laughs) you have to be, you know, very patient to deal with the production side of things and the editing side of things. And, you know, so, um, but you're also an artist in your own right. You are writing this series. I actually think you should do a comic book too. Have you thought about doing a comic book? Well, I mean, I'm actually a pretty talented illustrator, but Gus here, as I'll bring this close to the camera, like his style that he's employing here, even though he has others is very great for a comic book and yeah. so there's no doubt that that's in the future for, yeah. both, for both of our books my plan is because we're going to catalyst we're, we're we are creators who got right. selected so we're definitely going to have storyboards we're going to have more animatics i didn't even mention that we have an animatic for her her pitch we made original music with local musicians here we produced it so we're going to fill out our pitches for both of these IPs with illustrations, animations, if we can, short films, because, yes, it's definitely going to be um, an, a graphic novel or a comic book. We're, the board game is going to have lots of illustrations, so it's going to be like playing a comic book. So mm-hmm. I love that you said that. Yeah. Awesome. And, and he's been drawing since he was a little since an infant in my studio as an infant before he could even stand he wanted a sharp pencil and I kept giving him doll pencils because he's a baby yeah he would like put it down and look at me like (laughs) and so finally I carefully you know I got a a colored pencil that had kind of a waxy not a sharp graphite point and gave it to him and he placed it in his hand so carefully and started drawing and I and I realized he's been watching me the way right. I hold the pencil he was drawing dirigibles that had skating rinks in them when he was four so he's actually really good at drawing and um he's good at anything he sets his mind to do he focuses and 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 brings out some beautiful stuff so and we're both used to being you know renaissance people in this technological world right. handy is you know do what you need to do which is Bodhi, another, yeah. which is what i'm sorry i interrupted you do what you need to do uh 
whatever you need in your life, learn how to do it. Right. And do Absolutely. it. It's, you get more confidence. It's cheaper. We, every, we restored this house ourselves. We didn't know how to do that, but we've replenished floors. We built the deck. That's a roof you can walk on. We just did the research, asked people that have done it and then did it. Yeah. So that's a whole other book right there. I've yeah. seen uh, you did a video about the restoration of the Emerald Lady. The Emerald Lady. Yeah, I remember seeing that when I was in Duluth. So, Bodie, I wanted to ask you, there's a lot of people sitting around going, oh, I wish I could direct. I wish I could produce. I wish I could write. I wish I knew more about editing. What do you tell them? What part of yourself can you put forward to them or what can you say to them to help them get off the dime and get moving? Yeah. Uh, well, there is a lot of truth to, we all now have like a supercomputer in our pockets that's capable of shooting the video, editing it and making the music, putting it out on Facebook. And when we were on our road trip, I did that multiple times. Like some of my favorite videos, literally everything was done on it. And like even in GarageBand, I'd make some music and I'd post a video from something we were doing with people the day after we did it and they'd all have their minds blown like you made that into a movie and so just um have fun with it and i think the first thing when we're just getting started we often think like oh i really want this video to be perfect i want it to get into sundance you know <laughs> like okay we all want our first video to get into sundance good for you you know <laughs> submit it go through the process but don't let it stop you because you get these expectations that it needs to be a masterpiece let it make you finish because this project's going to kick your ass you're not going to want to finish but do it and then the next one you're going to be way better so just keep going you know iterate and there really is no excuse anymore tell, tell them about no hero uh, right so my first uh, narrative short film was shot on an iPhone. It was 20 minutes long. It was about the plight of human trafficking. It was extreme, took itself very seriously, very dark. Uh, we played all four characters. Um, and, you know, it's a little tough to look back at, but I worked my ass off and that, that project wanted to kill me. It was so hard to get it finished, you know, and everything broke down and, but I did it. And it made me go from talking about being a filmmaker to being a filmmaker. And I did it on an iPhone. So you know? he he wrote it. You know, he played the two characters that were male. I played the two female characters. I He told me how to shoot. I shot him. He shot me. He edited it. He did the music. And our friend who's won nine Emmys said it was the best first film he's ever seen. Now, neither one of us want to look at it because it's about human trafficking and I was playing victims and I was really good at that because I've been that. Been there. So it's very disturbing for both of us, but that means it was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, the point I was making is he, he had this very huge... Um, huge with boats and all kinds. I'm going to need a grocery store. I'm going to need all these actors. And then she's like, Hey, how about you figure out the minimum viable product? Like how can we make it 
in a week? Ourselves. How can we make it before the film festival that you're trying to get into? And what's so that helped a lot? This is one of my gifts. I have many deficits, but I have a few gifts. And one of them is what's essential. Right. And so he got came all the way back from the ore boats and the grocery store and the big, you know, warehouses. And we did it all here in the Emerald Lady, just the two of us. And he did it and he finished it. And it was a very powerfully um and we, have, we hosted screenings and yeah, we did we the had, whole thing. We had the dean of art from the university. was to- Everybody was totally impressed. And he's very, you know, self-critical. Well, that's all right. But well, he's sitting else- there with his arms crossed, shaking his head. <laughs> yeah. But the point is. Yeah. I know the feeling. Do Trust it. me. Yeah. Just do it. Just Don't, do it. Just stop making excuses. And um, in. And it brings me back to you asked, like, what's your advice creative, creatively? And this also connects to technology. It's just usually the inspiration follows, uh, excuse me, the motivation follows like starting. You know, um, you're not going to necessarily be motivated or inspired, but start. And then there's like this autonomic response that once you've started, then you start getting that adrenaline and that endorphin, right. and then you're in it. And all of a sudden, yeah. hours and days disappear. Yeah. But you do have to get over that first hump of inertia. I've, yeah. I've done a lot of individuals and groups from, you know, first graders through university and blah, blah. And I had this one woman doctor who said, oh, I can't draw. I can't carry a tune. I got two left feet. And I said, wow, you've got lots of disclaimers. And I said, close your eyes. <laughs> and you're, I gave her a pencil and a pad and I said, you're going to draw with your eyes closed. So you can't possibly be critical about it. And I got her going out of the critical mind. And at the end of the day, she said, I haven't had this much fun since kidney garden. And I said, you really needed this. That's, that was a long time ago. And so that's what I say to people, just get out of the critical mind, enjoy the process, start, because if you have time to express your creativity in life, you are a fortunate person. Don't use that time tearing yourself apart. Enjoy the process. Something's, you're going to learn something. You're going to have some fun. And that's, that's, you know, that's my asset from having to be there for myself throughout my childhood, I gave myself permission to play and explore. And so yeah. now I, I can share that with others. And yeah, I had some tough stuff, but that was so beautiful. And that's what I focus on. Yeah. I think that 2022 is going to be a great year for both of you. And I can hardly wait to see what's coming next. And Thank I you. wish you all the best success with everything you're doing. I'm watching you. And there's a a lot of people out there rooting for you. So I do wish you all the best. And thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to do this today. I hope that everyone else is as inspired as I am by you. And uh, we're going to bring you back on in a few months and we'll do a little catch up to see how you're doing. Okay. Thank you so much. We're so (laughs) honored to be in your life. Have you as a friend and you're the best. Thanks so much. 
Everybody out there, remember what I always tell you, get up off your chair and go do something wonderful today. Thank you for listening. This is Serena Catania with OWC Radio. I've been talking with Claire Cooley and Bodie Werner. And please go on Amazon and check out Incandescence, Rising Above Darkness. And um, where can they get Northport yet? I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a Patreon, so I get some sneak peeks. But where can everybody yeah. else get it? Well, if you want to become a founding member and join developing this project, get early access to the book and the art, and get your name credited in the back of the book when it's published to the public, <laughs> go to patreon.com forward slash Bodhi the Movie Maker. Awesome. All right, everybody. You have a great day. And thanks again for listening. This is Serena. I'm signing off. <laughs> <laughs>